Hello everyone. Welcome back to TTT, the Talking Transport Transformation Podcast brought to you by Tumi, the Transformative Urban Mobility Initiative. In today's podcast episode, we are taking you to the skies. In addition to conventional means of public transport, such as buses or bicycles that mainly appear on roads, we are focusing today on a more creative but evenly relevant sustainable mode of transport, ropeways. Ropeways enable fast and safe transportation in urban spaces without having to change existing infrastructure. Especially in South America, they are used. For example, in the mountainous regions of Bolivia or Mexico City. Many of those ropeways are built by the Austrian company Doppelmayr, who happened to be a Tumi friend, an enterprise closely linked to our Tumi network. Doppelmayr has already installed over 15,400 cable car systems for customers in 96 countries and therefore really shape urban infrastructure with sustainable mobility worldwide. Today, my colleague Laura talks to Thorsten Beuerlin, He is a project manager at Doppelmayr and currently working in La Paz, Bolivia. Thorsten has already managed various cableway projects in Latin America. In today's talk, he will share his experience with us. Now to you, Laura and Thorsten. Hi, Thorsten. Good to have you here today. Hi, Laura. Thank you very much for the opportunity to talk about roadways. <laughs> Thorsten, first question. You currently live in Bolivia, in La Paz, and the city is home to the world's largest urban ropeway network, which is incredible and really cool. Can you tell us why the city decided to build that kind of infrastructure? And how has it changed the lives of the city's inhabitants? Well, you can certainly say that there's a La Paz before the Mid-Teleferico ropeway system and a different La Paz after. Building Mi Teleferico, we had the very fortunate job to be directly part of this fundamental transformation process. But first things first, in order to understand where the vision for an urban ropeway network in the city came from. La Paz is a metropolitan area of 2 million inhabitants, high up in the Bolivian Andes, reaching from 3,000 up to 4,000 meters of altitude. So we are talking about 1,000 meters of altitude differences within the city boundaries. The city is most characteristic for narrow, steep and winding streets. La Paz's sister city, El Alto, is marking the highest point of the metropolitan area. And more than 200,000 people commute every day down to the city center of La Paz. Traditionally, that was done by minibuses and the so-called micros. But the situation on the winding streets in the narrow city center was an increasing nightmare. The idea for ropeways As a solution, is nothing new in La Paz. First project ideas can be dated probably 50 years back. But in those days, rather as isolated solutions to, the, to provide easier access between El Alto and the La Paz city center. Then around 2010, the city with its, its highly inefficient public transport was getting closer and closer to collapse. In peak hours, it took up to two hours for the route from El Alto to the city center of La Paz. And the center in certain hours simply collapsed, so a solution was urgently needed. A subway was technically impossible due to the altitude differences within the city. For BRT systems, there was simply not enough space, and also buses had to struggle with the altitude. So the idea of ropeways using the free space in the air and being highly efficient in terms of altitude differences was taken up again. Feasibility studies have been done, and then the government finally decided to go for it. 
but not for one line. A full network is a sustainable solution for the whole city was envisioned. Construction of the urban roadway system Miteleferico began in 2012 and with the first line already operating in 2014. Within seven years, in 2019, all 10 lines were already in place. A full interconnected network of 26 stations and over 30 kilometers of extension. Moving nowadays an average of 300,000 passengers per day. And how has the city changed since the opening? Well, one can divide the changes in roughly two categories. The improvement of the transport itself and social impact beyond that. In terms of transport, one of the most important functions uh, is the integration of both cities, El Alto and La Paz, with only minutes of traveling time between each other. But the aerial transport network also expands into the different neighborhoods, saving an enormous amount of time on the trips to the center, to school or to work. On the one hand, the traffic on the roads is relieved, and this with a transport network that is environmentally friendly, being 100% e-mobility, and thus ensuring better air quality and less noise. On the other hand, the passengers enjoy a safe and comfortable ride because there are no road accidents uh, on this elevated level. Miteleferico has clearly changed the lives of city dwellers for the better. Now, let's also talk about these impacts beyond the improvement of the transport quality itself. One impact we could probably call a social remix because movement within the city radius has become much easier and quicker. The people move around a lot more and much further. For example, the radius to find an adequate job has grown significantly. But also an interesting social mixture is happening in every roadway cabin because citizens of all social backgrounds are sitting together in the 10 passenger cabins. A second impact would be probably international recognition. Delegations from all over South and North America, Europe and even Africa and India came to learn from the Bolivian experience. Media reported about the world's largest urban roadway network all over the world. We're talking about Channel One of Austria, Die Zeit, New York Times, The Guardian, El País and the like. Third, Bolivians are extremely proud of their Miteleferico network and with good reason. Bolivia mostly being mentioned as the taillight in terms of development and economic power, now it has become the vanguard of innovative urban transport solution. Not because it's the first urban roadway, but because Bolivia has believed so much in this solution that we created with them the first full extended urban roadway network in the world. And last but not least, to me personally, it is very intriguing that Miteleferico is suffering very little to non-vandalism. I, I once read about the Berlin subway system that every year millions of euros have to be spent on maintenance due to vandalism and graffiti. How did they manage to avoid that in La Paz? Probably on the one hand, because the citizens are so proud of the roadway. On the other hand, the strategy of self-positioning executed by Miteleferico. To start with, Miteleferico means literally my roadway, aiming on high identification of the users with their roadway. Additionally, the operational uh, personnel is specially trained and polite user support. Maybe Berlin can still learn something from La Paz. <laughs> I'm currently, fun fact, I'm currently sitting in Berlin and I know very well about those vandalized tube stations and the uh, wagons. And yeah, I really know what you're talking about in Berlin. So good that you don't have that in your city. And um, I find it also really interesting to hear that, um, yeah, you, you talked about 300,000 
passengers daily. This is this is an incredible number, actually. And also the reduction of, of traveling time. You just mentioned you reduced it from two hours to just a few minutes. This is really, really incredible and has, I can imagine, a huge impact on the daily lives. So, um, Thorsten, as a project coordinator, you were involved from really from the start to the end of the project in La Paz. Um, what would you say? What were the three biggest challenges when building the ropeway and realizing the project? Well, I can tell you the list of biggest challenges is much longer than three. <laughs> well, first, let's point out some of the major ones during the construction process. Inner city logistics and the lack of space in a chaotic city center. That was one of the most difficult challenges throughout the whole project. The day-to-day -day city life doesn't stop just because a ropeway is being built. I mean, we had to coexist with ongoing city life and learn how to work in minimal spaces available and in certain time frames. If you have little space, well, you need a perfect orchestration of your supply from the storage side to the construction side. In theory, this doesn't sound like reinvent reinventing the wheel. But remember, we are in an extremely chaotic city with narrow and steep streets. And the reason to build the ropeway system was that the city had already been close to collapse. Another huge challenge had been timely approvals and especially the liberations of construction locations. Remember, this ropeway is not an open terrain. It's situated right in the middle of a densely populated city. To start with, you have to understand that the building of a ropeway is not one construction site. It's rather a series of individual construction sites, one for each station and each tower. To some extent, this can be an advantage, but it can also turn out to be a severe disadvantage. For one ropeway line, you don't need one okay to start building. You need this okay for maybe 20 locations. Well, the advantage can be that you can start building Uh, even if at some other parts along the line, the negotiations with some landowners are still ongoing. But at the end, if one tower of a ropeway uh, line is still missing to conclude the line, then the whole ropeway line cannot be finished and has to wait and cannot be put into service. Fortunately, we have been building on various lines at the same time. So our construction team could also jump back and forth between ropeway lines. We were forced to have an extremely dynamic project coordination always having a plan B, C, D, and so on. Maybe let me also mention two challenges that are rather of organi organizational and operational nature. The execution of the La Paz project has probably had the highest culture, intercultural complexity we've ever had in our company history. I'm not referring simply to an Austrian-Swiss company executing a project in Bolivia. Yes, that's already very complex but I'm rather talking about the multicultural Doppelmayr project team. We had over nine different nationalities and very diverse professional backgrounds in our team. You can imagine that misunderstandings are automatically given already on an internal level. A lot of intercultural integration was necessary and sometimes creative conflict resolutions. In the end, we managed to canalize uh, this diversity into the same direction. And I believe that probably This turned out to be one of our overall success factors. Another curious challenge starting up operation of the first line was people's insecurity. Most of them had never seen a ropeway in their life, and some of the countryside have not even used a regular elevator before. They were simply afraid to get on. So 
We participated in an extensive communication and socialization program in order to bring the ropeway closer to the people, explaining the high security factors of a ropeway and simply listening to their doubts and answering questions of the citizens. This is really interesting. I think when you when you are in Germany, you just can't quite imagine how it is to never have been on a kind of ropeway station or be in that kind of wagon. So I, I yeah, wow, that you um, managed just such a communication strategy and that you were able to build such bridges. And um, also the planning process sounds really really complex so wow and i salute you that you you managed to realize that big and complex project so Thorsten, can you then tell us more about the ropeway stations in la paz and their use this is a very interesting aspect in in general terms you can probably compare the ropeway stations in la paz very much to full service metro stations with complementary services such as pharmacies, stores, public services, restaurants, and so on. Perfect to hand in your tax declaration or buy some groceries on your way home. But Bolivia has added its own very particular twist to it. The stations are not only commercial boarding and transfer hubs, but also fulfill important socioeconomic and cultural purposes. The architecture, for example, is trying to set, to set new construction standards in the city, bringing color and modernity into the town. The station's buildings and its surroundings are designed as public spaces for people to meet, attractive, safe, and well-lit places with free public internet, attracting, for example, teenagers at the end of the day just to hang out and lock on the free Wi-Fi. Every other ropeway station has integrated health centers called Misentro Vida. Free basic medical care is provided for everyone here, which is of enormous value to the public. And there's also an archaeological historical museum along the white ropeway line, an attraction not only for international tourists, but also for local school classes and universities. But to me, the most beautiful detail about this museum is its origin. These archaeological findings are from the construction excavations of the ropeway system itself. Experienced archaeologists teamed up with our construction crew and secured vases, domestic artifacts, tombs, ornaments, and so on. We're talking about findings from the Tiwanaku era from 1,000 to 3,000 years ago. These artifacts have been put on display in the stations of the White Line, turning the ropeway into a museum. I mean, how great is that? It is probably needless to point out that the surrounding neighborhoods of the new ropeway infrastructure have experienced a significant socioeconomic upgrading, improving mobility and also quality of life within these neighborhoods. But also on a macro level, the ropeway network has kicked off a restructuring of the flows of people within the whole city, expanding their reach and by this, as I have already mentioned, initiating a process of a new social mix all over the city. I think it's really interesting how you, you manage to balance like those daily needs and with also historical aspects and yeah, just really embedded those stations in, in the daily lives of the inhabitants. And Thorsten, in addition to La Paz, there are also other ropeway projects in Latin America, of course. And uh, just over a year ago, the uh, Cablebus uh, Linea Uno was opened in Mexico City. Dear listeners, please excuse my Spanish pronunci uh, pronunciation. And my question to you, uh, Thorsten, 
which places this roadway connect and what can be said as a conclusion after one year of operation? What would you say? Mexico City has a long tradition with its metro and metro bus network. Nevertheless, in this mega city, this great network is not reaching everywhere. The urban roadway Cablebus Linea Uno now connects the northern parts of the district of, of Gustavo Amadero with the main transport hub Indios Verdes. From here, passengers can quickly and easily transfer to the extensive metro system and other modes of transport. The roadway line consists of six stations and is 9.3 kilometers long. With this new integration, the people of the northern part of the city experience quick, safe and reliable transport with good connections to other modes of transport. Now, do the citizens of Mexico City like it? Well, the numbers speak for themselves. After one year of operation, the passenger numbers are 50% higher than the most optimistic forecast. Also, decision makers in Mexico City seem to like it and have recognized the added value of the elevated transport level. With the roadway construction, you can save time, space and costs. Ropeways relieve the tra traffic congestions on the road level enormously and offer sustainable mobility to everyone. So this world metropolis shows how to use sustainable mobility solution efficient, efficiently and smoothly integrated into the existing transport networks. Wow, this sounds really, really cool. And let's now have a look at Ciudad Bolivar in Bogota. Thorsten, can you briefly introduce us to the Transmicable Ropeway project? This is actually also a beautiful example of perfect integration. In the southwestern part of the Colombian capital, Bogota, the roadway Transmicable improves mobility for the district Ciudad Bolivar, situated on a hillside. The roadway has been successfully in operation since 2019, and like the Cable Bus roadway in Mexico City, is fully integrated into the public transport network. The roadway line consists of four stations over approximately 3.2 kilometers and greatly facilitates access to the high-capacity BRT system Transmilenio, from where it is easy to continue to the city center and everywhere else in the city. The time saving of almost one hour and peak hours for the residents of Ciudad Bolivar improves the quality of life enormously. With the roadway, you, you, and with the roadway, you are not dependent on timetables. It's always available and it's fast and safe. In Ciudad Bolivar, um, there can be also seen a positive socioeconomic change as a result of the construction of the roadway, thanks to, thanks to complementary developments in areas of the stations and towers. For example, at uh, Las Mañanitas Station, a large public service center was erected. This administrative building houses essential public uh, offices and uh, important basic services for the citizens. And alongside the whole line, you can find public spaces in new sport and exercise areas free of use. So the Transmicable roadway can be really understood as a real urban game changer here. Cool. Thanks, Thorsten. Now we've got exciting insights in three different uh, ropeway projects in Bolivia, in Mexico and in Colombia. What is the outlook for further ropeway projects in Latin America, Thorsten? What would you say? Are there even more projects coming? In many places in Latin America, sustainable urban development is in its beginnings and it still harbors enormous potential. Ropeways make a significant contribution to improving the quality of life in urban areas. 
uh, as we can see from the examples uh, like Bolivia, Mexico and Colombia that we have just talked about. But there are countless other projects in different development phases throughout the Latin American region, in metropolises, but also in medium-sized and small towns that suffer from specific traffic problems. For example, we are currently developing an urban roadway line in, in Santiago de Chile, a modern Latin American capital, which has a well-developed metro network, but there are always gaps. In Santiago, for example, the roadway will connect the poorly integrated recent development Ciudad Empresarial to the principal business districts of Las Condes and Providencia, where, the, where you can also transfer to the metro system. A very essential aspect uh, in this highly uh, polluted city is adding emission-free transport, like ropeways being 100% e-mobility. In Latin America, the awareness of the environment and climate neutrality is possibly far behind Europe. Nevertheless, it's constantly increasing. Sustainable urban mobility in general and ropeways in particular as cost-efficient, barrier-free and clean means of transport for sure will keep playing an important role in this region. Thanks, Thorsten. This is really cool. And thanks for being part today in our podcast and telling us so much about your work and your projects in, in Latin America. Um, I think it's really exciting to hear about those projects and what kind of impact they, they have on the daily lives of um, the city's inhabitants. And also to think out of the box of, of yeah, traditional ways to, so to say, uh, tubes and cars and, and um, yeah, to just think how we can transform cities in, in a way with, yeah, with sustainable mobility and with ropeway stations and yeah i think it's really cool that you gave us such insights today um so i just can say um thanks for being here today and speak to you soon torsten good to have you it was a pleasure thank you very much for having me <laughs> goodbye ciao goodbye Thank you, Thorsten and Laura, for the insights into cable cars and the possibilities that the transportation system creates in urban areas. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, thanks for tuning in and hear you next time.